You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Your co-host, Danny. And boy, we have a full show for you today. A little NBA talk. And then we'll have some interesting NFL discussions and a very intriguing trading card scenario. But first, Danny, to the NBA, where last evening our Milwaukee Bucks went against the Lakers. And let me just say, I know you're a Lakers fan. Late show, LeBron not playing. And you would really have thought that Anthony Davis would have stepped up and and shined a little bit more than what he did. But man, that performance by Giannis, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Giannis put 47 on him, man. He put 47 on him. And oh, by the way, I have to say this, Danny, but shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks city uniforms and where they're celebrating, obviously the NBA 75th anniversary. And Danny, I was just pleasantly surprised with these uniforms. It took me back a little bit back in the eighties and where watching the Milwaukee Bucks on TV and they had the, you know, the bricks or whatever uh, down the sides uh, mm-hmm. of the Jersey. Um, but this particular uh, uniform, again, it's the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And they encompassed basically all of their uniforms into one, uh, where the jersey shows the classic bucks uh, across the chest in bold green. Uh, the striping includes Lake Michigan blue from the early days of their franchise in the 70s and 80s. Side panel blocking from 2001. Uh, signature neckline from the 2010s and the number set the team wore when they won their second championship this summer. Uh, included is a remixed waistband logo from 1971, a remixed secondary short logo with elements from 2001 and 2019. So, man, these uniforms was, was pretty spot on, man. The purple, obviously... Uh, you know, going back into the uh, early 2001s and stuff. But, man, Danny, it was interesting. But let's get back to Giannis and this 47-point performance, man. It was pure dominance, man, mm-hmm. from the jump. And, Danny, I have to say this. This goes back to our discussion about this 75th anniversary, the 75 or 76 players that made this – team right mm-hmm. Anthony Davis made this team right yep his ass didn't show up last night he's supposed to be considered the the second best player on the team right and and LeBron mm-hmm. is no is not playing so you would think okay this is going to be a Giannis versus Anthony Davis type situation yep man Giannis dominated Anthony Davis and to a point where I think any I remember uh, one basket, uh, Anthony Davis may come down wrong, you know, kind of, 
since that he you know got injured again mm-hmm. or whatever i'm like man come on man come on and Giannis is still playing with the effects of when his in the playoffs when his uh knee got bent basically backwards oh, he's still yeah he, he's still feeling that effect yeah but he's still balling dropping 47 on your head anthony davis <laughs> i mean this game and it's good to see chris middleton back chris middleton yep. has 16 points uh bobby porters in the starting lineup uh, in place of brooke lopez has 17. i still don't know what's going on with drew holiday in in this field goal percentage but drew holiday was three for 13 from the field mm-hmm. eight points uh grayson allen uh only five points i think he probably has to get used to middleton being back out there um but nonetheless man the Bucks went ahead and pulled this out. And I think they're going to, you know, eventually gel and eventually start getting on this winning streak. What say you, Danny? Yeah, Jay. Giannis had 28 at half. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, this is not good for the Lakers. Lakers did make it a game and in that third and then fourth quarter. But Middleton hit two big three-pointers, which tied him for – with Ray Allen for a first all-time uh, three-pointers made for the Bucks in Bucks history. So congratulations to him. He'll be breaking that next game, I'm assuming, uh, to have that sole possession of first place for the Bucks all-time three-point, three-pointers made. But AD, these are the games, man, with LeBron out. I know it sounds like he hit his hamstring and something's wrong with his hand, but he has to be the leader, right? So this is where in this right. type of game, you got to show up. And if you're not ready to play, man, you got to sit out. So yep. it's it's one of those things where you don't know if it's hurting him and the Lakers with him playing, if he is truly banged up or what if he's just trying to weather the storm until LeBron gets back where he can get some rest. So I'm, I'm very curious on how this is going to play out. And I look at the Lakers, man, even the Bucks, it's still early. The Lakers have so many new pieces. They're still trying to figure out who's who and roles and all that good stuff because they pretty much turned over the whole roster. But, yeah, Giannis came with it, man. And, like I said, Milton hit those big shots in the fourth to springboard the Bucks to that victory. And we'll see if this now propels them on a run. They still don't have Brooke, like you mentioned. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly when it'll come back. And I'm looking at Drew Holiday. And the Olympics have been over for a while, but you just wonder if that turnaround and him just trying to get back into it, mm-hmm. maybe um, impact him a little bit. So hopefully in December or even January, if he can write the ship, then he'll be all right heading to the all-star break. Uh, and I'll say this about Middleton. I think um, as Middleton has been out due to uh, health and safety protocols, I think that actually helped him get a little rest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was obviously battling the illness there, but man, at least he had a chance to just kind of allow his body to rest. Um, possibly, um, Drew Holiday was injured earlier in the season, uh, mm-hmm. took a couple games off or a few games off. Um, uh, and but man, three for th- he was doing that in the playoffs, and it seemed like it carried over. So hopefully, Drew Holiday can do some things here. But Danny, let me just say this. It's one thing for you to be the second best player on your team in the 
the the best player is injured, that means obviously you, you have to step up. Mm-hmm. It's it's one thing to say that your team is whack, basically. Your team sucks. It's another thing though, man, when the best player on the other team is going at you, man. Yes. It's too it's a little different at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I think at that point in time, it's about heart. It's about pride. Yes. At that point in time, man, I mean. And that's been questioned for AD in the past. Exactly. And this is what he is. Is it, does he have that? Thank goodness he got that one ring. Because if he wouldn't have got that ring, I don't know if he gets one playing the way he's been playing and the way now Giannis is. Because it was always Giannis and AD, right? Mm-hmm. AD was mm-hmm. the one with the jumper. That was that yep. argument. Yep. But you can't measure heart. Can't measure it, man. And I would say this, too. I remember in that game, Giannis just comes down. AD is, you know, guarding him and, mm-hmm. and guards off of him. Giannis comes down and then just pulls up for a three. He makes it and kind of goes back and then makes a face. <laughs> like... <laughs> Why, why, why are you leaving me open? I mean, what, what, what's the deal? I, I got a J now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've been working on my game. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I just think that, again, it's a little bit different when somebody's going at you and everything, and you half-heartedly really respond to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, Danny. There's something to kind of keep notice here. And if they're making comments like this right now about the team. I think there's going to be a trade somewhere down the line for the Lakers. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing to keep in mind too, it's not like Westbrook didn't have a great game. I mean, Westbrook had 19 points, 15 assists, man. Yep. He only, he only had three turnovers. And four and four rebounds. So I mean, it's not like Westbrook didn't have a good game. Um, Horton Tucker kept him in the game. He had twenty five. Yeah. Um, and all, but man, I, I just say, Giannis was going at him, man. So something to watch in, in Lakerland, if you will. But yes, <laughs> we're watching. <laughs> but Milwaukee Bucks, man. I, you know, like you said, it's a little early. Hmm. But you kind of they're developing some good habits on on the Milwaukee Bucks side, not so much on the Lakers side. They're not developing those good habits. So we'll we'll see how that, you know, really kind of goes throughout the season. And so, Danny, just as we're talking about the Bucks Lakers game and Giannis made some news here. Uh, he's on the cover of GQ magazine, uh, flossing and everything, man. And and there's a quote in the article that apparently is, is putting a lot of people in a tizzy. All right. Um, but I don't think people are really looking at the full context of the quote itself and really of the article. I'm just going to read a little bit actually from GQ magazine itself. In the end, Giannis decided to stay in Milwaukee because it was difficult. And then, and probably the Bucks won quote, one challenge was to bring a championship here, and we did, he told me. 
it was very hard. I just love challenges. What's the next challenge? The next challenge might not be here. It's not that he doesn't love Milwaukee, he said, but he was always wary of things becoming too easy. Me and my family chose to stay in the city that we all love and has taken care of us for now, Yana said. In two years, that might change. I'm being totally honest with you. I'm always honest. I love this city. I love this community. I want to help as much as possible. And then further on down here, it says, uh, did this mean he was thinking about leaving? I asked his agent. I don't think it's, I'm thinking about leaving the Bucks. Sarah told me, but I think he's genuinely like, okay, I've reached the pinnacle. The next challenge is let's repeat. But what happens if you do repeat? What's the next challenge? What is that next barrier? When do you think, when you think about it from a basketball perspective, by the age of 26, this kid has accomplished everything, Sarah said. So sometimes you're going to have to manufacture what those challenges are. Now I'll end there, but, uh, and forgive me if I mispronounced uh, his agent's name, but Danny, I, I think people are in the media running with this quote and they're not putting the full context around what Giannis mm -hmm. is actually saying here. Giannis is saying, okay, well, if we, re in a sense, he's probably thinking if we repeat, what is mm -hmm. that next challenge? Where else can I go? What else can I do? Uh, got a championship here in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Can I go somewhere else and probably get a championship? But in the, also in the article, he talks about how it could be easy in, in joining Katie or joining a LeBron and others uh, and building that super team. It could be easy doing that. It could be easy going to LA to do, you know, film, um, all that stuff. It could be, that could be easy. Yeah. Giannis is one of those who like, okay, I want it to be hard. I want it to be challenge, challenging. And that's something that I want to do. And that's something that I just naturally enjoy mm -hmm. doing. So will that challenge be in Milwaukee? Who knows? Yep. But it's something that he's going to have to, like you said, probably manufacture in, or, in, in order to feed that desire uh, in Dawn. So, and here's another thing too, that people have to think about. By him saying that, Milwaukee has now become a destination city. Mm -hmm. Think about it in those terms. Like, okay, would a super another superstar want to come to Milwaukee because Giannis is there? And then now Giannis may be thinking, well, that may be too easy. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, well, shoot, I need to go on somewhere, go somewhere else. So I think we had to put a pause on what the media is putting out there in terms of this quote without fully giving the context of the mindset that Giannis has and was what was actually in, in the article, uh, especially what his agent has, has said. So I just want to calm the Milwaukee Bucks fans down a little bit, calm down a little bit, y'all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something to yeah, probably talk about, but if Giannis did decide to leave, man, what a ride it's been. 
Mm-hmm. Danny, you can remember this when Giannis got drafted, right? Yeah. We were like, man, who is this? We knew nothing about Giannis. <laughs> but who would have ever thought that he would bring a championship to Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yep. If that's, yeah, come on, man. So, Milwaukee Bucks fans, calm down. Just calm down a little bit. Yeah, I think, Jason, with that, also, you got to think about Kobe, Michael Jordan, LeBron. They have a different mindset, and you can see – you already seen it from him. But when you think about that, that's where that he's looking at, right? It's like, all right, what's going to make me work hard and achieve something, to mm-hmm. achieve a new – goal a new whatever the case may be so if it is somewhere else because you remember lebron when he got the championship with cleveland that was his main goal and then he moved on so it's it's very curious jordan used to do this all the time based on watching the last dance he was always looking for that new challenge Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so when he went into a game he was inspired to do something he could be playing some random team the bottom of the, the NBA, and he still he has someone marked for, to put up forty on him, <laughs> so uh, or fifty. Uh, so that may, yeah, it's just people think differently and they challenge themselves differently. So if anything, it's inspiring. And if mm-hmm. he were to leave, as part of the that's part of the business. But I think people should be inspired by what he's how he's thinking, and he's not, you know, laxing and chilling out now that he got the championship he wants more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to build his legacy so he's looking out to build his legacy and if Milwaukee's in the cards kudos to them that they're still on, still on his radar for him to uh, go to the next level mm-hmm. and as we're talking about the Lakers another team on way on the other side uh, of the coast here on the east coast here the Brooklyn Nets standing are they in trouble? And is something when you, you know, obviously don't have a Kyrie. Mm-hmm. We don't know when Kyrie going to show up. It's another thing, though, when you're on, on the court, it's it, it, things just doesn't seem to mesh, if you will. They still got a long way. Again, it's early in the season, but we, but man, these habits, man, I mean, KD is looking like an MVP candidate already. But just mm-hmm. as he looks like an MVP candidate, Steph Curry <laughs> is looking like an MVP winner. Yes. Based upon what Steph Curry did to them, um, what was it, Tuesday night? <sighs> I mean, Danny, Steph Curry was just tearing them up. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you wonder the mindset of the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Just as we ask the question, are they in trouble? Are they in trouble this year or are they in trouble next year and beyond? Purely because James Harden didn't uh, renew his contract. He was going to become a free agent. Mm-hmm. The plan was for those three to be the big three yep. in Brooklyn and establish their own route build their own team and kind of go on from there. But with what Kyrie is doing, 
or not doing on the court? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have the big three in Brooklyn come next year. What say you? Jason, Kyrie Irving is proving his worth in gold for this actual team here, this 2021-2022 team, where they just need his scoring. They need another person. Their bench is not deep. We talked about this in the offseason. They're pot committed to the, the big three, but the supporting cast needs to step up. And it looks like it's, it's hard to say, but just looking at them and their body language the other night when they were playing Golden State, James Harden is struggling, and they need Kyrie back in a, in a big way. And I think if he came back, if they can get him back on the court, then I think all will be well with them. But without him, they're struggling, man. They just – they're not putting it all together. And they're still top four in the East. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like they're sitting there one and 15 starting the season. They have a decent record. But it's just something about them that, like, if I look at Milwaukee, you look at Chicago, those type of teams, they're going to give the Nets a run for their money and could bounce them or would bounce them based on the way they're playing right now. So, ultimately, man, they just need Kyrie back. Otherwise, I don't see them getting past the second round again unless they get pretty good matchups to start the playoffs off. And now, fans, this is a little fun here. And so one of the things that we saw that we we really need to highlight, JaVale McGee, as much bad rap as JaVale McGee gets, especially from Shaq or used to get from Shaq, I got to give JaVale McGee some props here, Okay. And there's this one thing that uh, was shown or uh, that was basically videoed in where he actually did the sky hook. He did the sky hook, man. Look at this. (laughs) Come on, man. The sky hook obviously started with Kareem. To the point in where Kareem had a long career, a very long career. And he obviously is uh, the scoring champion. It has the most points in NBA history off of the sky hook. And the question has always been, how in the world aren't players using the sky hook? And lo and behold, you have Javel McGee here using the sky hook, man. Yep. As you can tell here, it's really indefensible. You can't defend this this shot. I think Javel McGee is going to perfect this thing, man. I think he's going to perfect it to extend his career, not only to extend his career, but to get that long money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not extend your career? Why not get paid and use a weapon? like the sky hook to do so. Yeah. So I, we just had to share that this found that to be fascinating, man, that a lot of people think Dwight Howard at one point said, no, I ain't going to do no sky hook. A lot of places, Shaq even said, I'm not going to do the sky hook. That's just not me. Mm -hmm. The sky hook is actually one of the most 
dominant moves, if not the most dominant moves in NBA history. The sky hook, man, is so graceful and elegant and just, man, it is poetry in motion. And for those fans who don't know about that skyhook, go out to YouTube and then just type in skyhook. And there are several video clips of Kareem doing the skyhook. And there's compilation uh, channels of of Kareem just doing a skyhook, whether he was with Milwaukee, whether he was with the Los Angeles Lakers, he skyhooked both teams to prominence to championship wins yep. multiple championships so just had to share that Bill mcgee i'm giving you a shout out for doing the sky hook uh for being unafraid to do something that many people decided not to do uh, so congratulations on making that choice definitely Bill mcgee if you're watching once you get that gooseneck, because right now his gooseneck is not there for our basketball players, but you follow through. You got the follow through. If he can get that follow through like Kareem had, it's a wrap. Wrap. It's, it's a wrap. wrap. It's a wrap. And JaVale McGee is the right player to do it, man. He was He's agile enough, but mm-hmm. he's flexible enough, and he's long. Yep. And so, man, he's on a – I'm actually looking forward to watching JaVale McGee develop and progress with this guy hook, man. I really am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he got pointers from Kareem um, or or what, but man, I would love to hear that story. If if that is the case, I would love to hear the story behind that uh, and all. So Jason, next story we have here is around the NBA All-Star Weekend having an HBCU classic basketball game, college basketball game to be held in Cleveland. That's where the all-star game will be on February 19th between Morgan state and Howard, the NBA. If you remember from last year, they have the initiatives and CP three is leading the effort to work with HBCUs to generate revenue for the HBCU community and uh, leveraging the NBA to assist with that. Uh, This year, they're deciding to do a game on that Saturday, which is pretty cool, uh, that they can have a full day of action. So, you know, you have All-Star Weekend Mm -hmm. at night, the slam dunk and three-point and all that, but then you have the game ahead of it. And these are two classic teams, man, uh, from the East Coast, from Washington, D.C. area. Mm -hmm. And it's a showcase as well so it gives them some shine it gives them um the ability to promote that rivalry mm-hmm. and then also bring some um value to the hbcu community so i think it's a great thing from the nba to continue this and not just do it one year and then kind of just push it to the wayside it's actually a commitment so Kudos to the NBA to sticking with this and hopefully bigger and better things to come from this um, experience. What do you think, Jay? Man, I absolutely love this. I think Chris Paul with his HBCU ties and everything mm-hmm. really uh, led it effort in, in ha- making this happen. And so I absolutely love this uh, HBCU 
uh, basketball games don't get nearly enough shine as they should uh, and all. And so this is going to be absolutely phenomenal and a great opportunity for the student athletes to really go ahead and, and meet some of these NBA stars uh, mm-hmm. and to really get insight, to really get feedback, to really get advice from uh, the best in the world. So, uh, man, I absolutely love this. I think this is going to make um, NBA All-Star Weekend set or All-Star Saturday even better yeah. uh, and everything. And so, man, this is going to be awesome. We're really looking forward to it. And just as we're talking about HBCU news, Danny got to congratulate Jackson State University and Coach Prime for winning the SWAC East Divisional title mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, HBCU alum of Florida A&M University. I have to say this, Danny. I actually went to the Divisional Championship game because yeah, that's what it really was. The very first game of the season, the Orange Blossom Classic down in Miami between Jackson State and Florida A&M University where the score was seven to six, that was the divisional championship game because FAMU was right there. We, we were getting better. And I would even say this. I think if both of these teams were to play again right now, I think Florida A&M would actually, would actually win. I'm not saying that because of, I'm an alum, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that because in looking at the progression of, of the quarterback for Florida A&M University, We've been balling. Mm-hmm. So, man, I would have really loved to see that Jackson State FAMU matchup a little bit later in the season. Congratulations to Jackson State. They deserve it, man. I mean, record speaks for itself. They deserve it. I give it, the, you know, definitely kudos to Coach Prime and his staff yep. uh, for, you know, going ahead and, w- and winning this thing out. So, uh, got to give them props where props, where, where props do. So, uh, congratulations, Jackson State uh, Tigers, uh, for uh, winning the division. Now let's see what you're going to do in, in the SWAG championship game. Danny, your Atlanta Falcons play the Dallas Cowboys. And, oh, boy, <laughs> we don't know what happened to your Falcons. They just decided not to show up. I'm what say you? I didn't watch the game, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I knew what time it was. The Cowboys lost the week before. I knew what time it was, man. Dan Quinn was gonna get the get those boys ready for the on the defensive side. Dan Quinn, the former coach of the Falcons. Uh, we knew what time it was, man. I didn't even turn the game on, man. What say you? Jason, there was a pivotal point in this game. In the beginning of the game, it was seven to three. Atlanta had an opportunity on fourth and seven to kick a field goal. It was like a 49-yard field goal. They decided to go for it. And ultimately, that's when the wheels and everything fell off. Because at half, by halftime, it was 36-3. to three. Man. So, in watching that in disgust, and watching <laughs> us go backwards every time we had the football, and watching C.D. Lamb and Zeke just destroy us, and Dak Prescott looked impressive. I'm in, it's in the third quarter. I step away, go get some water, come back. Tampa Bay and the Washington football team are playing. They took us off national TV. 
that's how embarrassing that was. So they ended up losing 43 to three. So now tonight we have the new England Patriots, which is a key game. I know I mentioned this last week about Dallas, but this one for sure, if they don't win this one, they're going to need a lot of help coming down the stretch for these, for this playoff positioning. So, and the Patriots are red hot right now. That defense is playing lights out. So I'm very nervous. We still don't have Ridley. And that is huge for us right now. They're missing. Russell Gage is just not cutting it right now. He is supposed to be the one to step up. Kyle Pitts is doing his thing. Can't complain there. And their running game has not has been non-existent these last the last week or so. So this is a huge game for them. And I hope they bring it, man, because that was embarrassing as all get out on Sunday. And then the Green Bay Packers actually faced the uh, Seattle Seahawks 17-0. Green Bay won. Uh, both Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers makes their return uh, back. A uh, little rust on both ends, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, man, Green Bay went ahead and, and won this game. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Green Bay Packers actually, you know, progress throughout the season. But as of right now, the Green Bay Packers do have the number one seed. Uh, in the NFC. Uh, we'll see how long they keep it. Um, they do face the uh, dreaded and hated Minnesota Vikings in a divisional game. Uh, seems like Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury, um, but nonetheless, I think he'll be fine. Um, we'll see what happens uh, with, with these Minnesota Vikings, but I, I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be all right divisional, divisional-wise. Uh, is this going to be really interesting though um as they progress throughout the season how uh, and now danny we have an interesting trading card scenario who we got jason our trading card scenario tonight is mac jones 2021 panini prism rookie card for trevor lawrence's 2021 panini prism rookie card a couple quick bios mac jones was selected 15th out of alabama by the new england patriots so far this year, as a rookie, he has 2,333 yards, 13 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions, 69% completion percentage. And in college, he threw for 6,126 yards and 56 touchdowns. And he did most of this in his third year starting because um, he was playing behind Tua and others. And then Trevor Lawrence was selected number one out of Clemson by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So far this year, he has 1,991 yards, eight passing touchdowns, nine interceptions, 58% completion percentage. And in college, he threw for over 10,000 yards and 90 touchdowns. So, Jason, looking at your portfolio, who do you want? Danny, this was a tough one. I don't think we've ever had uh, did a comparison of rookies in their rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick, uh, obvious choice. Uh, and really, I would just say this, man, when Trevor Lawrence first played at Clemson, we automatically knew, I was like, oh, he's going to the league. Mm -hmm. His very first year at Clemson, we were like, oh, he's definitely going to the league, man. He has a strong arm, cannon for our arm, man. Uh, and I just automatically thought, yeah, if – he could just do a one and done. He could, he should do a one and done. Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately NFL doesn't work and operate like that. But man, I, I'll say this, 
watching Mac Jones uh, at Alabama was impressive, man. I mean, just the number of weapons that he had uh, and everything. His arm is not as strong as Trevor Lawrence's, um, in my opinion. Uh, but, man, he's just super-duper efficient mm-hmm. with the ball. Uh, I'll say this, Danny. The development of Mac Jones throughout the course of the year it has been evident um, in, in Dahl. And so the, the draft and development team in New England is impressive. But they also have championship pedigree, which makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I think Mac Jones would will actually be a lot more successful based upon the system that he's in and the development that he's he's um undergone. Trevor Lawrence, uh, man, come on, man, you got Urban Meyer up there getting <laughs> getting lap dances and. All this stuff, man, saying he needs to take a break in the middle of the season, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Has <laughs> not no development, man, of the quarterback, man. Are you kidding me? For that alone, man, I'm taking Mac Jones, man, <laughs> for that alone. As soon as this came up, I was like, let me do some more research. But then it really just stopped at the development because I don't trust the development mm-hmm. of Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville right now. I just don't trust that. And the trajectory that Mac Jones has right now mm-hmm. in this season is just going up and up and up. And he has championship pedigree around him. And by, by having that, I think the value of his card is going to just continue to increase and it's going to increase tonight against your Falcons. And so, man, I'm going with Mac Jones, man. Who you got? Jason, yeah, I agree, man. This one's tough because Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, man, there was nothing he couldn't do, right? Mm-hmm. And now you get to a system. Uh, you have a system that the Jacksonville Jaguars have not won. They've been in the doldrums for – Five years now, ever since they had that playoff run, when they lost, ended up losing in um, before to go to the Super Bowl. So I think it's been around five years, and they just can't get out of their own way. Urban Meyer versus Bill Belichick. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. It's And so that's where, thinking about this, Jacksonville has been playing better lately. Um, but – Looking at, I'm looking at the card, and right now I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence's number one rookie card. He's the number one pick, and Mac Jones is the 15th pick. And to your point, based on how they're projecting right now, Mac Jones is on his way, and Trevor Lawrence may get be in this middling area for a while until there's a change of the guard or something changes with Urban Meyer and their style and the talent. Truth be told, the Patriots have a lot more talent, too, in that locker room than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's obviously going to pull back Trevor Lawrence. But I'm going to say I'm going to say this, Danny, real quickly. Yeah, go I ahead. One of the trends that you also have to really look at, though, mm-hmm. is this, as I said, that first year when Trevor Lawrence came out with Clemson, he had a very strong arm. 
yep. uh, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And it looked like he could really just go to the league right, right then and there. After that first year, his trajectory actually kind of went down, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because at that point in time, you're used to your system. Yep. I don't know if it was because of the pieces around him or it is then developing. I don't know, but it just seemed like his trajectory, you know, declined just a little bit year after year at Clemson. Yep. And so that's something just to, you know, to monitor mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. At this point in time, Jason, I'm actually going to have to agree with you just based on how they're playing so far. And obviously we're, we're only halfway through the season. So a lot can change between now and the end of the season in the next few years because they're rookies, right? Because I think the main thing for Trevor Lawrence is getting a winning attitude in Jacksonville and surrounding him with the talent to support that. And right now that's lacking. And Mac Jones has the support system. He has the talent. He has the coach to put him, propel him above Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to go with you right now. I'm going to take Mac Jones, rookie card, and we'll definitely have to revisit this one down the line to see how they're uh, playing and how they're projecting. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.